Hey, listeners, welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. I am your host, Andrea Butcher, and I'm so glad to bring this conversation to you today. I've had an opportunity to see today's guest in action, and I know firsthand the importance of the things that she'll talk about today. She's leading large enterprise projects, navigating multiple stakeholders, multiple needs, and continual challenges. And she's leading through it all with an ownership mindset, which she'll talk a lot about today. And my big takeaway from our conversation is the power in staying grounded in her vision and what she wants. That's what drives that ownership mentality. Celine Turner is the Global Talent and Organizational Development Director at Cordis. But what you really need to know about Celine is how she views the entire organization as her resource, which she'll talk about. She thinks of this one team as being able to come alongside. And listen in as she describes a super helpful technique, holding the line, waiting for the right moment to act. Check it out. So where do I start? The journey that led me here is really all the way from Turkey, originally from Turkey, uh, came to United States to have, of course, I think many people having their dreams to be part of a bigger picture, better opportunities. And then little did I know that I would have much bigger opportunities than I ever imagined in my lifetime. And my career story and what I'm doing today is really, is definitely a journey, I would say. I didn't have in my mind anything that I do today was even a profession, and it was called something <laughs> before I started doing that. But I think everything started when I first joined my very first full-time job at, at a cruise ship. All the way from Turkey to San Juan, I traveled with dreams, didn't, didn't know what to expect. And I was here I was at guest relations desk helping people to achieve their once-in-a-lifetime journey in their cruise experience. And I think that kind of gave me the ground on what I can do in my space with my skills and, and abilities to better other people's lives. From there, really instilling in, our, in that guest experience in a cruise line, which is always thought of, you can never experience anything like that before. We were tasked with bringing that once-in-a-lifetime journey experience to life at the guest relations desk. As you can imagine, one of the toughest customers that we would get at times with problems, luggage lost, cabin not the way they expected, or always experiences that let them down. And our task was to really turn it around and make them happy customers and really walk away with great experiences out of that ship. That really instilled in me to look through the eyes of the customer. And today, until now, anything and everything I do is I look through the eyes of my customers. How can I use my craft to better them, better their experience, and better make something much bigger than myself? So I think that's kind of my grounding 
source every day, what, how I see my purpose in life, how I see my purpose in leadership. And, and really that gives me that power to be able to look and see what can be better, what can be improved, what's the potential out there that we can make that product, whatever it is, better for the customers. And that for me, customer is a very general term. For me, uh, my career then angled into my team because then I was then promoted to become a large team supervisor. And now my customers became my team. And I said, how can I make them better, unleash their potential? How can we as a team be better? And that kind of got me into training world because I found myself, hold on a second, we are all coming from different backgrounds, experiences. We're all bringing something so different to the table. And we have something that is uniting us, which is our customers and make their experiences better. What is that common goal and vision? And I would bring our team together back in those days and then get them into a room. Okay, guys, we're going to now talk about our common vision, common goals. And then I would create all of that. Little did I know that was called actually organization development and training. (laughs) And so that's how I started getting into even learning PowerPoints. Our training manager on the ship would help me. Okay, I'll teach you now how to put a PowerPoint together so you can train your team. Then one of my direct reports said, you know what, Salan, you would do a great human resources professional. And that changed my life. And I said, human resource professional? Hmm, what is human resources? Let me look. And then I started getting into, oh, that's a good idea. And I started getting into a little bit more human resources development and really helping that customer, putting that customer lens and how do you better their experience through the lens of human resources and organization and how do you achieve common goals and common vision. And there's so many things you can do within it. And that's that's what I really call my craft. There's so many ways you can achieve that. So that's kind of my career journey. And it's so fun to hear you talk about the foundation that you're anchored in, because I see how all of that plays out in your leadership today. I mean, now fast forward many, many years later, you have led in huge enterprise organizations in very senior strategic roles. So It's a reminder to me that the skills you learned at the front desk of a cruise ship, the basics on good leadership, customer focus, staying connected to your vision, are the same skills that are so helpful to you today. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very transferable. Yeah. And it's all connected, isn't it? When I reached out to you because I wanted you to be on the show, I knew that you would have lots of good stories. But you have, through all of your experiences, you have this pivotal moment that you said changed your whole perspective on leadership. But it sounds, because I know the story, it sounds really consistent with what you're describing. Yes, exactly. So ownership and, of course, ownership comes with responsibility and how do you help your team or the organization to really, how do you achieve that vision? And when do you do that? How do you tackle the resources? What do you do first? What do you do second? All of that really comes with two things. One is definitely ownership. 
ownership is one of was my uh, pivotal moment. Sometimes we, I think, lose sight of that as we go into our day-to-day tactics of resource allocation, resource management, time limitations, busy lives, personal, professional, work-life balance, right? Sometimes we do lose sight. And I think that's one of the things that being at court as a leader, that what's reminded and I'm so passionate about what we do here is through our ownership that is given to us as leaders of the organization and anyone and everyone that is given that empowerment. That was my pivotal moment that I feel today that is my grounding to anchoring me to the vision and how do you first hold your own passion, right? Because we are all passionate about our crafts. I'm passionate about my craft. Definitely, I see when I look at an organization, I see vast variety of opportunities that to take the organization to achieve their vision. There's so many opportunities to do that in any organization. And so I get very passionate about the things we can do, the things we can achieve together, and how do I then kind of coming up with that vision? Okay, what are some of the things we can do? But then putting the lens of ownership also puts an additional pressure on your passion. Okay, so if I'm the owner, now I need to make decisions and I need to be on my feet and think about what comes first, what comes second, and how do I manage between the resources, the time, the ideas, and the things we can achieve. So that's, I think, a leadership challenge in its own self. I know a lot of us are on the same boat, lives this every day. How do I balance all of those things? But one thing that really was my pivotal moment was changing my mindset from thinking about limitations to opportunities. And the vision is ours. I am in the driver's seat. And now how do I craft the road to achieve that vision through the resources? And then I said, well, the resources is really looking at the organization as a whole. One team, everybody wants the same goal. Everybody is wanting the same vision. So now... It's up to me to be able to unify around what I can do in my craft, in my expertise. And how do we come together as a team to achieve that? Well, and it's such a common feeling of, you know, you hear it all the time. I don't have enough resources. I don't have what I need. You you say focusing on limitations. And I know when you shared the story with me of your pivotal moment, you were feeling that. What, what is it that got you to shift from limitations to opportunities? How did that come about? I think it's kind of looking deep into my own self as a leader. And of course, this is also a, a two-way street for me because I also coach other leaders and coach other managers to think the same, but sometimes look into yourself as the leader. And what would I say to the leader who is in my shoes? You have so many ideas, you have so much passion, and you have so many opportunities ahead of you. And of course, time, work-life balance, and things you can do is always feels like it's pulling you down. And so what I had to do is just a self-exploration, really pushing down on my, my own self to think about, okay, 
what can you do instead of what you cannot do? And that was my, I think, biggest moment. Of course, a lot of conversation I held with my network, my mentors, and within the organization, right? Kind of shifting that really... It's, it was almost like fireworks. I think it was just in a few days, like totally shifting that through some conversations and then saying, what if you had no limitations? Mm. And what if you had everything in your power to achieve your vision? What would you do? So kind of shifting that mindset and looking to from an opportunity versus a limitation standpoint, I think to me was almost freeing my own mind and I I could literally feel it and I received also from from my colleagues that that kind of shift they, they could kind of see that shift happening and that was such a eye-opening experience for me the power is in us and we just need to stop doing and take a moment to think about how can I do that within me if I have everything and I'm the only thing that is limiting me and I think this is the that's what I get passionate about all of my life I was passionate about this that everybody has a potential organizations people cities communities societies we all have so much potential and sometimes I what I didn't realize is I think this was my pivotal moment that I also had that same limitation in my own mind. And I had to just almost like press the button and unleash that clog that had in my brain. And it kind of felt that way. Something got pushed and all of a sudden everything got released. And I'm like, hold on a second. I have a canvas and this is my craft. And I have the power to paint it the way the organization needs it. So what I need to do is understand my customer, the organization, its people, its needs, and then turn it around and then see from my expertise and what I bring to the table in how do I now use the resources that I have to make that vision happen. And so that was, I think, to me, unleashing. Yeah, there was there was something you said to me, Celine, when we talked about this a few weeks ago, when you were describing this, the shift, you said, I shifted from they aren't giving me what I need to how can I make my vision a reality? And that really resonated with me. And it's exactly what you're describing right now. But it, it also, you had a bigger yes. You had a vision. There was something that was important to you. How important do you believe that is for leaders when you're leading with an ownership mindset? How important is vision in that process? It's definitely critical because I think as leaders, we need to first have confidence in our own selves to be able to understand where shift changes within ourselves needs to happen to make that a reality. The second thing is also for the people who are believing in us. I truly believe in vision. And one of the reasons why I do what I do, organization development and HR and and talent is because of this. I truly believe in creating a vision and helping people to achieve that vision through their own potential. And in the process, how people can fulfill their own dreams. That to me is 
why I do what I do. I love when people unleash themselves and let go of their limitations and really connect to the organization, which is much bigger than our own selves, and really help channel their expertise to achieve those bigger goals as a, as a one team. That, to me, is that's my grounding source, and that's what I do what I do. And so vision, if you, of course, not just as a leader, but in my profession and my craft, vision is extremely important. We know that from research and everything, that vision is what creates followership. And even though I don't like the word followership so much because it's, it has limitations, but what I like about it is it does help us to do something for the betterment of the world, betterment of the society, really help each other to achieve something that we could not otherwise achieve by ourselves. And that's what resonates me the most about organizations, about societies, and about leadership. Leadership is about bringing people together. This message about vision is such an important one because it gives us a much more positive place to focus. instead of. Focusing on limitations, as you say, what I hear and what you're saying is having a bigger picture to focus on, that gives us a place to put our energy that's productive because it's moving us forward. And it also, it's making me think of, for, for leaders that are listening to this, you know, if, if people are focusing on the limitations or what they aren't getting, just asking them, well, what do you want? What's the goal? Sometimes the word vision can feel really overwhelming to people, but just asking, like, what do you want? What are you trying to accomplish? And then to your point, what can you do? What baby steps, what small wins can get you closer to that? That is so true. Yeah, that's a great point, Andrea. Yes, vision, strategy, leadership. These are big words, right? Sometimes it can be intimidating. It can be, oh, beyond our reach. I cannot do that. Or... It's, it sometimes maybe also goes back to our own negative limitations that we have in our minds, right? We think about, oh, vision is so big that only big people can have it. But no, it's like you said, it's so practical. What do you want to achieve? What's your intention here? I sometimes also think about in your own expertise, on, on your own craft, in your own trade, what you're trying to bring to the table. What do you think are the solutions or things that we should be doing that we're not doing, even those small things to get people to create those a little bit bigger than just one-time solutions, maybe a little bit bigger than day-to-day activities and something to look forward to is almost. And bringing people the, the thinking that it's not about the individual, but it's, again, I go back to this idea of bigger than ourselves. And I think people can connect to that. And that, I think, as leaders, we need to constantly think about, it's not about me. And it sometimes can be really intimidating that even conveying a vision can be intimidating for a leader because it's so much about yourself, your heart, your mind, your soul. But to your point, it's small steps. And also vision, going back to the holding the line, and I want to quote where I heard this um, quote from, I recently read an article written by Dermot Grohley, who's my colleague in Australia. 
And it really resonated with me so much, especially in the days we live in right now. It's so much pressure on leaders and also responsibility the way I see it. And that kind of gave me another aha moment. It is my responsibility also to sometimes hold the line for teams to breathe, to balance what they need to balance, and sometimes not the fight all the battles all at the same time, right? That, again, goes back to what we are feeling right now, and I see it all the time in social media and everywhere, the busyness that we feel, the busy work. We're constantly busy. And I thought to myself, are we getting in the way of productivity by just being busy? And isn't that the leader's responsibility? Isn't that my responsibility to help the team to also manage their own days and and manage their own battles? Sometimes you need to be able to say, this is not the solution we're after. Maybe we can do this later, but let's hold for a second. That's where vision becomes very important. That's where longer-term thinking, longer-term ideals become so important because that gives us the frame of reference of which what we're trying to do, get out of our day-to-day, lift our head up, and then think, what could I do today to get me there? And if I have four or five things in front of me, and I cannot, or the, the team at the moment right now, they cannot handle all of this. Okay, which line are you going to hold for them? And that to me, it kind of is the responsibility of the leader at times. We talk about empowerment, but at the same time, I think leaders need to also balance that, right? How do we help our teams, our resources, our People who are helping us don't get caught up into our also sometimes could be our passion, driving that business at work. Yeah, what I hear in that is having the courage to say no or not right now, to set boundaries, to protect your team so that they can be successful. And the reference, it is such a good one. You know, the general holding back his or her troops waiting for the right moment to strike. I mean, that visual is so helpful in helping me understand my role and my responsibility to hold the line for my team at times. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So again, keeping the bigger goals, the bigger vision in mind, right? So it doesn't feel that you're giving up on something. You're not losing something. You're just holding for the right moment to achieve that bigger goal, whatever that might be. It's again, in this article, Dermot was giving the idea of the war and the, the battle and how which battle to pick and how the general can hold which line before they strike the enemy. And that's kind of what's, what was um, striking to me. That is so true. So you're strategizing in your mind, right? It's a strategy. Times change, priorities change. It's all about the bigger picture. We're going to get there, but right now we're making a very intentional, conscious decision to not to pick this battle, but go after this one, because in the long run, it's going to give us much better rewards. So again, it comes back to vision. And without that, you don't have that bigger picture focus to go to. 
That is so good. I love the concept of holding the line. The other thing as you were talking that I thought of was not being so reactionary. Instead, pausing. Like, I don't have to act right now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see how this plays out. I'm going to ask some questions so that I can respond from a bigger picture perspective, from a productive place. Because what, what I see so much of the time is when leaders are stressed, like that just the worst comes out. Like when you are stressed, that is not the time to act. That is the time to take care of yourself, to hold the line for your team so that they can breathe. Yes. Not losing the sight of productivity. Yeah. Well, Celine, this has been so helpful. I mean, both concepts, ownership and holding the line, both so connected to having a bigger picture vision to go to, to get really clear on what you want or what strategy it is you're working towards, that just having that bigger picture focus is so key to both of those, having an ownership lens and to holding the line. So thank you for those really valuable reminders. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. And if our listeners want to connect with you, as undoubtedly they will, where is the best place to find you? Oh, LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm a big LinkedIn nerd. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.